0: And welcome to an all new episode of Let's Talk AW, or AKA Let's Talk About Everything Wrestling. My name is Corey Richmond, formerly of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. And I am joined as always by Harry from some Facebook page that I'm not getting paid to talk about. So I think it's Wrestling Purist. I don't know, but.
1: There you go, Corey.
0: How you doing, Harry, today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself, brother?
0: I'm doing good, you know. uh, Just working through the holidays because we can't all uh, have our own private businesses and just take two weeks off and just say, "Hey, I'll be back in the new year." No, Um, inside, inside joke there. (laughs) We we would just like to apologize. We had some technical issues, nobody's fault last week. So the episode is in the ether. It was great. You guys would have loved it. But you know what? Hopefully, we don't have any problems this week, and you'll hear this one. A lot less crazy week than the week before, aka. uh, wwe has all had all tape shows this week doesn't mean they were bad or good it just means i didn't have to watch them because raw was the quote-unquote best of the year which means you know they i guess just put a bunch of pay, highlights from pay-per-view matches on so i've got peacock i don't have to watch him again um and i'm not watching logan paul versus roman reigns from saudi arabia because i have morals to those who don't enjoy but uh Harry, we've got some interesting things to talk about this week. We're going to talk about Dynamite, which was a another solid show. I mean, coming from the Denver area, where I'm listening to other, other podcasts that I respect earlier today, and apparently the weather got really bad. It took like four hours for some people to get home. So uh, I'm glad that we didn't go to that show. Um, but this this week's episode, like I said, we talk a little about AW, talk about a little bit best, best of the year type of stuff that's been going on in a lot of Facebook groups, uh, si.com's wrestling section went and did their top ten wrestlers a year. We'll uh we'll talk about that. I don't know if Harry had a chance to look at that or not, but uh we'll go through the top ten and see if maybe if there's someone that we would have added or felt you know maybe it was a somebody who got left off. But Harry, let's you know let's start off with some fun. Let's start off with the the SI top ten list. All right, did you get a chance to see this uh, earlier this week when I put it up on uh, one of many Facebook groups?
1: I briefly saw it. I met, I saw a couple mentions of who should be substituted for who. Um, but I, I did see it. I couldn't remember every one of them, but I, I did see it. Tough.
0: All right. So we'll go over that quickly. Uh, so SI of course, Sports Illustrated had their top 10 wrestlers of 2022. And of course, as you can see the way we're starting, this is gonna be a little more fun, relaxed show than, uh, talking about Ma- Mandy Rose, you know, uh, putting up explicit pictures and no longer having a job, but may have already made a million dollars. But, um, so the top ten was Seth Rollins, John Moxley, Bianca Belair, Roman Reigns, Will Ospreay, Jamie Hayter, The uh, Kingo, Dax Hardwood, Cash Cash Wheeler, and Masha Slamovich. So it was a pretty good mixture of all the major companies. Some names that you might have heard from the past, the Okadas of the world. Did it make the list this year? Uh, Matt Riddle, Sheamus, Gunther, you know, some people who you could, you know, Becky Lynch didn't wrestle for half the year, so she wasn't on the list. But uh, what was your thoughts on Seth Rollins? I know you're not as big of a WWE guy as some people on some of these Facebook groups are, but what do you think of your boy, Seth Rollins, being the number one uh, ranked wrestler of the year for uh, the wonderful publication known as uh, Sports Illustrated?
1: I don't hate it. I like it. I mean, it, I can see where someone would want to argue, you know, Roman or someone else, um, but I'm not. I'm not mad at it at all. I feel that uh, Seth has earned it. Seth can actually carry a wonderful, you know, program or even, you know, length of programs and not not have a title, and still be considered a great worker and just overall great performer. So he deserves it, as far as I'm concerned.
0: I'm always interested because like I said I'll be honest I didn't read the uh the SI article that went with it but I always wonder what characterizes somebody as a top 10 wrestler in the world are we saying in-ring performance only are we saying total package his mic skills what his influence on the businesses for the year like when we spoke about earlier uh, past shows about you know like PWI top one top 100 women and then PWI had you know the 500 men and Everything else, you know, you know that's more of a gimmick related list. Like if you want to say the best in-ring worker of the year, Seth Rollins would be most likely be in my top five. I don't know if he'd be one. Like I said, you know, maybe a will will Ospreay or Vikingo, Ray Phoenix. If you're just saying in ring, if you're saying, you know, based on character work, that puts Seth Rollins a little bit higher up. It might lower someone else who, you know, may not be the best on the mic or different things. So like I wonder when, when you think of the idea of best wrestler in the world, are you just thinking in ring work or are you thinking total package? Because I think that's sometimes people get upset with, you know, some of these lists when they don't fully understand what the criteria is.
1: If it was my personal opinion, it would just be in ring work only, but that's what I tend to like more. I mean, yes, character is important to some degree, but it, I think with, with WWE, it's kind of over, overused. It's too much. It's, too much. It's more about storylines and character work and mic work than it is in-ring skills. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been going on since the, you know the days of Hulk Hogan. You know, like you know, let's just have the big, you know, guy playing the part or the guy who can just you know carry a program that way, but not necessarily carry themselves in the ring. I get to answer your question. It, to me, that list is most likely a combination of it all, rather than just strictly. You know the actual technique, technical wrestling in the ring.
0: Right. I mean, because you know, I think I may have mentioned some moments before, but if you were saying top ten wrestlers of the year just in ring, I don't think you have someone like maybe a John Moxley on that list. He's great at his style, but do we really think John Moxley's a great wrestler? No. You know I mean? Like, if this was solely based on in ring, I think you have a hard time saying well, Osprey's not one or two. You know, I mean, I know that depending on what you watch is how you base it. But, you know, but it's just like in ring, Okada should most likely be on the list. Ray Phoenix, you know, some of these guys. But I think like with this SI list, I think it's a combination of the two. And I and like if when I'm building like you see like, you know, Wrestling Observer will have their wrestler of the year, but they they break it down to like subcategories. You know, like you have the Daniel Bryant Award every year for the best technical wrestler which is always funny because I think even Daniel Bryan said, it's funny, I haven't won that award in the last couple of years. It's gone to Zack Sabre Jr. And that was part of like some of the idea. Of what was supposed to originally happen, like forbidden door this past year before Daniel Bryan got hurt, that it was supposed to be, you know, the two best technical wrestlers in the world, Daniel Bryant and Zack Sabre facing each other, which might happen, you know, hopefully this year. But right. I think it's an interesting way of putting, you know, this type of stuff out there. I mean, so if it's just based on wrestling, and I'll read you the list again, just because you know you can't see the list in front of you at the moment. How many of these guys would you actually have on the list? Okay.
1: Okay.
0: Death Rollins, you would have on the list, absolutely, right? Yes. John Moxley. No. Bianca Belair. Yes. Roman Reigns. No. Will Osprey? Yes. Jamie Hayter. Yes. Now is that recency bias from the match from two weeks ago, or is that you actually think she's one of the, uh, like a top ten wrestler of the year? I'm not. I'm not trying no. to go and say that you know she shouldn't be on this because I think she's has shown this year how good of an in ring performer she is. So
1: I'm just. Yeah, so she's on the fence. I mean, yes, I guess two weeks ago, you know, probably went you know sells us that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's just because I know, I know her talent level and I know what she can do. So I guess it's unfair. It might be a biased opinion because I because I know she can go. So that one's kind of on the fence. It's tough.
0: Okay. Um, I don't know how much of his work you've seen. I mean, I could tell you right off the bat, he should definitely be on the list if, in ring, but kingo from AAA, I don't know how much you've seen of him besides I've him.
1: seen him decent enough to know that he's definitely worthy.
0: Okay. So so right now of our so that's seven people and we've already, and we've taken off two members of the, uh, the shield <laughs> uh, the two members of the shield, are cool, which is
1: always interesting. Dax Hardwood, yeah, Dax stays on the list, but but the, here's the caveat to that we'll get to that in a second. I feel Dax and Cash should be on a separate list for tag teams. I mean, I know they do some solo work, but like, like that's where I'm a little confused. Like, why would you have a tag team on the list?
0: Well, then you're, you're gonna hate you. Well, you're gonna hate them what we might talk about in a couple of minutes because
1: because. Uh, that goes back to like the Ring of Honor Mount Rushmore conversation, and people want to put the Briscoes on there. They deserve it, but then they're taking two spots out of four. So, like, you know, I mean, we'll get to that another time. But so, right. tag teams are tough. But I guess if we're just only considering in-ring ability, uh, Dax is Dax is great. Dax is on the uh, he's good. No, they, yeah, no, this year he's in. He's in. Okay. Yes, Cash Wheeler. Yeah, no, he. Yeah, no, he's just as good. Uh, yeah, no, he has to stay in.
0: And then the one who I don't like, I said neither one of us watched, watched a ton of Impact, but I did. I've seen some of her stuff in other promotions over the over this past year. Masha Slamovich.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen much. I got to catch up on her. But and I'll she, trust her.
0: I'm not gonna say she's you know top ten worthy, but her impact, I know why she's on the list because of her impact. And this is gonna sound kind of sexist, but I think they wanted to have. Not an equal number of women as men on the list, but I think they I think it would have looked bad if there were only two women out of 10. Like, like I was saying on my personal list, I would have most likely taken off Cash Wheeler and put Speedball Mike Bailey. Boy, I, was so. just,
1: and I was just going to go there.
0: You know, I know that, you know, like I said, a lot of people don't watch Impact, but over the year, I've been able to see like some of the some of the shows from Warrior Wrestling and different things because of the pro wrestling TV which has come out. He's just, you know, on another level. And it's a shame though. Know, five years of career had to be basically taken away because of uh, mistakes that were made earlier, you know, wrestling in the country when he wasn't officially allowed. That's a whole nother subject uh, for another time. But I, I do love these lists. I'll be honest. I mean, do these lists mean anything? No, but I think they're fun discussions and they're going to get into actually our next, next subject in a minute. So from the, the top 10 list, do you like, SI's top ten list. It has some variety. I mean, it's it's got people from almost every promotion. You got New Japan people. You got AAA, AW. I mean, you don't don't have anybody from NXT. I mean, if you wanted to maybe put Carmelo Hayes on that list, or or maybe a Braun Breaker, maybe I could have seen that. But you know, for the most part, it's a pretty well put together list. I would you agree with that or
1: no? I I agree. It's a pretty put together list. I mean, again, I don't hate it but you can, you can definitely, uh, you know, make substitutions.
0: Agreed. And that's what makes these, like I said, makes these things interesting being able to go and add and subtract things from a list. I put up on the, uh, on your Facebook group, something called wrestling purist, apparently. I don't know. It sounds like the name it might be the I heart, I heart wrestling and then uh, wrestling life Facebook groups where a lot of our potential listeners have uh, mostly heard us recently what their wrestler uh, wrestler of the year their you know best match best moment um and then you know i did one for aw and one for wwe i don't know if you were smart enough not to put up your list so i didn't i wouldn't ridicule you ahead of time but um
1: i learned my lesson already yes exactly i, I smelled you a mile away buddy
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're learning i appreciate that
1: i am learning
0: but so let's 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 go into a little of that. What was your, who was your WWE performer of the year? Is it the, is the obvious choice? Cause you, 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 you secretly love him so much. Uh, Seth Rollins, or are you going to surprise me in another direction?
1: I think it has to be Seth Rollins. I, I just, I just do. I think it's Seth Rollins. I think the guy's working with, you know, less. He's not, you know, and what I mean by less is like, you know, Roman is just so over, you know, Roman has everything. Roman has that, you know, the bloodline, all that. Seth is just, you know, putting people over, put Cody over when Cody was injured. He was able to, you know, manifest the whole Austin Theory thing and start the ball rolling to create Austin Theory into another character after we thought he was dead in the water. You know, after, you know, that that whole debacle with like the uh, cashing in the title and all that Theory comes out with a whole new routine. Seth got that ball rolling. Uh, Seth wh- kind of wants to make the, uh, well, he does want to make like you know, the, uh, his title runs, even though they're not like world heavyweight belts, you know, as the A-list, you know, belt on Monday night. So I think that shows a lot to his character and a lot of his ability and his, and his confidence in himself. So that is my performer of the year for WWE.
0: All right. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction because, you know, I've always got to be interesting if I can help it. So my wrestler of the year is actually Sami Zayn. I'm going That's to go a- with the uh, the idea of, like I said, I think it's a total, total award. You know, it's just not best in-ring performer. He's a great in-ring ring performer. But I I think with this, a lot of people would agree with this. Basically, a lot of people have said that the Bloodline storyline was basically reaching its end. And all of a sudden you brought in the, no pun, all puns intended, some new blood into it with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn has said in interviews that, Far as he knew initially it was supposed to be like a three week quick thing it wasn't turned let was turned to this amazing angle but he's brought everyone he's worked with he's made the Usos more interesting. he's made he, I think he's helped make solo sokoa feel natural on the main roster. I think this it's he's re, re-energized Kevin Owens. he's re-energized Roman reigns, you know and yes, if you want to say who's the best you know who's had the best matches of the year the, the, the three matches with Cody. Uh, the match at, I believe it was SummerSlam with Matt Riddle. He's had amazing performances all year long. So if anybody who says, Seth, I wouldn't fight with him, but I would say that my performer of the year as overall package would be Sami Zayn. Thoughts on that?
1: Not a bad thought at all. I mean, I could have went that way too. Uh, you, you could you could even share the award. Sammy, literally – I it is tough when you have, when you have talent, almost break character. And, you know, a couple of times Roman trying to hold himself, you know, together and Jay literally smiling, you know, out of character and the things that Sammy, Sammy does. And Sammy is certifiably believable. Like you believe everything the man's preaching, everything the man's saying, and all this, all the, you know, mannerisms and how he, you know, kind of cowers at some point to Roman. And then the next when, when Roman gives him a little bit of uh confidence boost he, he builds that confidence up you know uh and then taking all the crap he's taking from jay you know and he's still there and he's still doing it and kind of like he's like the enforcer uh, not the enforcer because that's sola but he has a significant role maybe the ambassador he's the ambassador there's the word he's the ambassador of the bloodline like to be able to you know kind of dictate the pace behind the scenes but while sitting next to Roman, so uh, I have no beef at all with Sammy being, you know, your choice.
0: Oh, well, you know, you you are learning to get better taste as we go along. Um, <laughs> only kidding, just kidding. Uh, so, somebody now, so a lot of people agreed with you. Nobody agreed with me because you know I'm a unique figure. What can I say? But in uh, the wrestling, uh, the iHeart Wrestling group, we had a couple of answers. We had one answer that was just, I don't get, it was just dumb. So I'm not going to go dignify it. But Drew D. Tolliver said Roman Reigns. Brandon Turner said Seth Rollins. So Brandon agreed with you. Trini Vargas agreed with you, with Rollins. So you had uh, Michael B.K. Kazi. I'm sure there's something there. Uh, Bianca Belair, I think it's a very good choice. I mean, a lot of times, I think with these type of conversations, you automatically, right or wrong, you automatically, like your head goes to male male performers because besides you know basically two times male performers have always headlined wrestlemania and a lot of times they are the focal the vocal point of a lot of shows so i mean i don't think people are are trying to be you know jerks and not put women over i think it's just the mindset we've had years of watching that you know women performers are great but the main event is always going to be a male performer so i mean i do think that's an interesting one uh Kevin Williams also said Roman and Simon Johnston said Roman Reigns. So WWE is, is doing its job of trying to get Roman Reigns to be the face of a company. So, I mean, I will definitely give them a uh, credit for that. Are you surprised uh, a couple of votes uh, from the iHeart uh, wrestling group for Bianca Belair, or do you think uh, they've done, they've done quite a bit with her that it's actually uh, makes sense.
1: It makes sense for sure. There's no, that's not a bad pick in my opinion. Um, it, it's just down the, down the you know, argumentative, you know, you know, bias of what you're you feel was the what you feel the performer did best. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I got no argument whatsoever. I mean, she definitely would deserve it for sure.
0: Yeah. So that's uh, like I said, I don't think any of them is the, by any stretch is the wrong answer. So I mean, I uh, see. So the next the next item on my little my little thing was definitely not a little thing, but that's no subject. Um, (laughs) WWE pay-per-view of the year. I think there's really only two choices, but uh, what was, what would you say was the, uh, from the ones you had a chance to see, because I know that mean you have been a little bit more out when it comes to WWE until recently, but from the the events that you did see, what was, uh, what would you say was the uh, WWE event
1: of the year? And if you say, uh, No, I'm not, I'm not saying, not saying crown jewel. Don't worry. Not saying crown jewel whatsoever. Um, as much as I'm sick of seeing the, you know, uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, you know, over and over again, I happened to rewatch, you know, the SummerSlam, uh, match and bits of SummerSlam this past week, early in the week. I just happened to catch it somewhere. I forget where, maybe on the best of raw. I forget where it was, but, uh, it'd probably be that it'd probably be a SummerSlam pay-per-view is probably the best I mean we've never seen anyone lift up the ring with the, you know um you know (laughs) you know a a tractor you know and uh it really did take like the whole bloodline you know plus uh you know uh, Paul Heyman to beat Brock so that's probably my pay-per-view of the year and a lot of people,
0: I, pr- I think, actually, pretty much everyone agreed with uh, with your take on that. But uh, mine actually is clash at the uh, Clash at the Castle. I think when you have maybe the best WWE match of the year on that show, and then I also think that the Roman, I know we did, I know you didn't like the the finish of that match because you felt McIntyre deserved to get the moment. But I think Roman McIntyre with the debut of Solo Sokoa, I think, really worked well. And of course, like I said, you have. Gunther versus Sheamus, so I think that's your your show. But you know what? If someone said if someone said WrestleMania night one or night two, or as an overall event with the return of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you know, I know you're not, I know he's not your favorite guy, but with the return of Cody and everything, I couldn't dis- I couldn't disagree with that.
1: It's a love hate relationship.
0: I know you love to hate him, um, but uh, pretty much everyone said SummerSlam. And we had one vote for a Clash at the Castle from uh, Simon Johnston. So uh, that's a it's interesting. Uh, let's see WWE uh, Breakout Star of the Year. Do you want me to? You want to give me yours right away, or do you want me to let you know some of the people's? So it, it helps you come up with
1: an answer. Yeah, I don't know what to think about that one. I mean, we talk in NXT, just straight WWE, like
0: oh, oh the whole tire, whole tire WWE. It- NXT, NXT UK, which doesn't exist at, at the moment, or uh, main roster, any of the three? The one I want doesn't have enough body of work yet, so I don't know if it's fair it's to fair. you. Whatever you feel comfortable, this is your choice. I'll only laugh at you when the mic is off.
1: Let me, you laugh at me regardless of what you're talking about. Let me uh, Let me hear what the, what the iHeart Wrestling group peeps had to say.
0: Sure. Uh, Braun, Braun Breaker. Okay. Solo Sokoa. Okay. Uh solo Sokoa again. Mm-hmm. Someone wrote Sami Zayn, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh I guess you know, breakout star of the year, I guess, doesn't mean they have to be a rookie. So so Sami Zayn, we've got Sammy Uso, aka Sami Zayn, and Roxanne Perez.
1: That's where I was going.
0: Uh, she was there for like a half a year, so I mean, I think that's uh yeah,
1: she's uh, different. yeah. I mean. I mean, listen. If if we're not counting a rook, if we're not if we're not disqualifying veterans of any kind or people who've already been there, then Sammy is definitely you know argumentative you know uh, contender for it for sure. I'm not saying his career was terrible, but it's, his career is off the hook now, right? I mean, the man is so over. It's it's crazy how over he is, uh, which I'm I'm happy for him. So uh,
0: yeah, I, I guess I would, the, agree with, uh, anyway. I would agree with Sam. I I think the uh... So uh, the people that people said, I, I agree with Sami Zayn, I think, was would be my choice. Roxanne Perez would be a very close second. And I think uh, staying with the NXT brand, I think that Carmelo Hayes has shown a lot and I think has taken on a lot of more responsibility than anybody in his position most likely should at this point with the rebrand and everything. So... I think the best way to put it is WWE may not be everybody's favorite, but I think there are some shining stars that are in the uh, in the future. So, I mean, that's a good moment of the year, which I think is going to be interesting because begrudgingly, I think you should say uh, one particular thing. But I wonder if you will.
1: You know, I'm going to say it.
0: All right. Your moment of the your moment of the year is
1: Cody wrestling with a torn pack. Well, I, I, I thought it was just going to be Cody's return at WrestleMania, but well, that, well, that you, you, you can go that route too. I mean, I guess that route was. I it's sad because I secretly still root for Cody, even though I, I don't want to. It's it's I fight with myself all the time about this because I just it's another story for another day. But now that I've kind of like you know I'm out of it and I'm not as mad at him anymore per se. I can't you know the guy wrestled with a torn back. I mean. Either way, one of those for him wins. You know that, that that's the moment of the year. It's him either coming back, you know, and hearing his music play, or him wrestling with the you know torn pack. That those are my my two. You can go either way.
0: I'm going to go a little differently. I'm okay. going to I'm going to go and stick with a common theme that I've had through the, everything that I've said so far with the WWE quote unquote awards. I think your moment of the year is Sami Zayn. Becoming uh, an official oos, the uno- you know official oos, and that whole entire uh, bloodline situation with him having people break character. I think that this is the this is the year of Sami Zayn, and like I said in a past show, which I don't know if made air or not. I mean, I really think that he, if anybody deserves to go and get a shot at Roman at WrestleMania, I think he's making one hell of a case. I know that's mostly not the story they're going for. But like I said, my moment of the year is basically Sammy, Sami Zayn refreshing the refreshing the bloodline. Uh, we had Drew Went and said the title unification. Don't know if I fully agree with that, but you know, to each their own. Um, Brandon gave a twofer here, a uh, Cody and Bray's return. You know what? The Bray return, I think, is somewhat clouded now by the fact that it's been basically what two or three months and it feel, it feels like the Bray return is, hasn't gone anywhere yet. And I, you know, what we brought up before, like half, half, the job is the promos. The other half is the in-ring and the promos. I mean, Bray's always had a style where it feels like his promos are non but also they mostly mean something and you have to figure it out. But the idea that Bray, Three months, three months in still hasn't actually had a match. I know that he had a a match at the uh the holiday show at Madison Garden this past week. Right. And I kind of almost feel like the Bray moment has not gotten forgotten about, but it's just like almost not in my uh my regular thoughts at this point. I don't know if you agree with that or not.
1: I miss the old Bray. I don't I don't maybe this new Bray will eventually. Turn to something that I, I will enjoy, but I, I kind of got lost with it. It's yep. just uh, it's a, it's like waiting for that moment to happen.
0: Uh, then we had Tri- uh, Trina, I believe, or Trini. I'm not, I don't want to screw up people's names. Cody's return, and then in parentheses, I love Bray, but doing what Cody did outside of the, of the WWE and returning at Mania was insanity. I can't argue with that. Uh, Michael said Cody and his. Peck tear. and once again um kevin williams cody's return and then simon had uh, the announcement of war games for survivor series i don't know if that's a moment of the year but i think that was a pretty interesting announcement that kind of said the triple h era is officially in full swing because that would have never been done on main roster when vince was uh still in charge actually you know what we're all wrong how is your moment of the year not the guy who's run the company for the last 40 years saying goodbye. Vince McMahon leaving isn't that isn't that have to be the moment of the year for WWE. I mean I know we yeah. think of his most an in ring thing but that's the biggest most important thing that happened this year in WWE. I mean we'll, we'll we'll talk about AEW in a moment in that regard but like the idea of the brawl the brawl for all with punk 20 years from now we're going to you know if AEW still thing, that will be a footnote in history, but the guy who, like him or not, we might think he's an old fuddy-duddy and doesn't have his his wits anymore, but the guy who helped bring most people our age and younger into the fold is no longer, has anything to do, quote-unquote, with the company. I think the moment of the year has to be the Vince McMahon stepping down.
1: I guess it could, but I think most don't want to give him his flowers because he doesn't deserve
0: I don't know if that's—I don't know if that's giving his flowers. I think that's saying you're a scumbag and see you later. <laughs> we
1: well, could do that too, I guess. But I try not to acknowledge who Vince McMahon is anymore. Okay.
0: And uh, so we, our last thing as we drag along as everybody goes, shut up, people! Talk about dynamite. No, um, match of the year. We have Drew said Roman versus Brock at SummerSlam. Uh, I don't—I won't think I would say that's the WWE match of the year. But I guess you could say that's kind of like a moment that was like a spectacle. Uh, Brandon said Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins and Hell in the Cell when he wrestled the Torn Peck. Trini uh, wrote Bianca versus Becky at Mania. I mean, that's a pretty big moment. Michael, I don't know what you're thinking, but each their own. Usos versus The Street Profits. I don't even know what show that was at. So, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I I do remember them having a very good match, but it just feels like, all right. Um, Then we've got Kevin. Cody versus Rollins at Hell in the Cell. But Gunther versus Sheamus at Clash at the uh, Castle is incredibly close. And then Simon Johnson said Roman versus Drew uh, Drew McIntyre, which is the other big match from uh, Clash at the Castle. Are you picking one of those or are you going on another whole other
1: level? No, I. I had Gunther and Sheamus the whole way. I mean, you know, uh, Cody's Peck. You know that Peck fight. You know uh, the Hell in the Cell versus Seth. You know was right behind it. But Sheamus and Gunther. Oh my lord! <laughs> Talk about. Sorry,
0: it. Sorry, I don't. I don't know if I heard that right, but I heard you said Peck fight, and it just, what just popped in my head was just seeing two roosters just you know pecking at each other, trying to. uh I was like, I know that's not what you meant, but my brain just says through some weird phases, but
1: um I guess I said that out of context, but the when he tore his pack and he had the you know I match have, but I had it I had it reversed Gunther and Sheamus just beating the living crap out of each other. The welts and the uh, the abuse those two took uh yeah, that has to be matching the year I mean it's at least that it's my pick um for match of the year
0: um I'm gonna. You know what? We're gonna grieve for a change. I'm gonna. I, that was my pick as well. I think that that match did so many things to help both men. It it literally put back Seamus back on the map of saying that yes, Seamus is in his his mid 40s, but his best moments are not behind him. It made Gunther, aka Volter, a household name. It. I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but recently, but. I believe Gunther slash Volter is uh, his title runs is, is just about 200 days now. I mean, new management or not, Gunther has really shined, and I think that was the moment that any, even though you people may have never seen any of the the matches of Volter in the Indies and PWG or NXT, they saw what this guy could be, and I think that really helped set on a path of what we're going to see, you know, in years to come. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get, you know, the rumored Brock Lesnar versus Gunther at WrestleMania. I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know what? I think most people who didn't think that, okay, there's this big, you know, Austrian, I believe, guy who stands there with his hands in his back and says, the mat is sacred. All right. This guy is a big, you know, a big guy who mostly needs to put on some muscle. Saw that match and was like, all right, I can see this guy may. I can see this guy have a match with Brock Lesnar, and it being you know believable. So I think for those reasons, I agree with you. I think that's uh, the WWE match of the year.
1: Definitely, I mean that guy's he he's phenomenal. He's 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 a staple for a long time in the E for sure.
0: Yeah, so let's uh, quickly because uh, like I said, nobody cares about what our about my opinion most of the time. You know, we're all here to see. Uh, the guy who runs a wrestling purist facebook group i think it's called but you know i might be wrong 2022 aw awards same things um to be honest i put this up much later so there is only two uh two responses responses to this and this will actually get us into uh, some interesting conversations here aw wrestler of the year kevin uh kevin williams says Mox, unfortunately but he was The absolute MVP of this company throughout all of the unrest and turmoil. And then we also, and Michael as well said Moxley. Who is your AEW wrestler of the year? Are you going to agree with the Masters and say Moxley or you're going in another direction?
1: So much has happened in AEW. It's it's, uh, I guess by default, you kind of have to say Mox because he stepped up. I see so, you no, know, you know what? No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be different and probably get laughed at. But I feel it's MJF. Wait a minute. All right. That's interesting. MJF's had four matches this year. No, no, yeah. no, no. I understand. But but we're not just counting in-ring work, remember?
0: We're not. Yeah, but you got
1: it. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. You know, but you realize Hulk you realize Hulk Hogan had like four matches a year back in 1987. I right? you know, like, you know, he'd just come down, run his mouth, do whatever, you know. And then he he would only wrestle, you know, when the money was on the line on Mm -hmm. pay-per-views. I understand that MJF has not wrestled enough. I get that. But I feel that the reason why he's wrestled the year is because he, he has put new blood into AEW, in my opinion. He's doing everything the right way to become the best heel possible. That's just my, I'm not saying Mox is not it. Mox could be it. I mean, Mox maybe should be it. Mox was the backup plan. If, if CM Punk doesn't go off at the media scrum and the elite and CM Punk don't fight, we're talking about CM Punk having his second title run and all this other stuff and whatever. But that didn't happen, right? And then Mox cancels vacation. I get all that. So yes, Mox was the workhorse. You know, Mox was the running back of AEW to carry the ball. But MJF is the one throwing the nice touchdown, you know, to win the game. In my opinion, there's only way I can put it. I feel MJF is taking the heel character to a whole new level, uh, and he's and he's doing it all the right way. Um, where we, I was watching something with Freddie Prince Jr. and I understand people laugh at that, but Freddie Prince Jr. did work for WWE, and he said that when he talked to like Pat Patterson and all the old. You know, school peeps that they all taught him certain stuff, and he said, "quote." And I agree with him. MJF is doing everything that a wrestler and a heel is supposed to do to get heat and to, you know, be the best performer he can be as far as drawing attention to himself and playing that role. So that's who that's who my guy is. MJF.
0: Interesting. I did not think you were going the direction. I think it's a beautiful pick. And I think what he did on the mic this year. And building the the matches that he did have, I think that's actually I think that's a great answer. So I'm I'd love to kill you because it's fun to do it, but um, I'm going to go and say that's a great answer. I mean, my wrestler of the year is going to be you're not going to agree with because what you said a little bit earlier, but I, my wrestler of the year is FTR is FTR's Dax Hardwood. I think he's had great matches, great promos. He's done. Everything and, and gone beyond with matches in AEW, in Ring of Honor, which I'm going to count Ring of Honor because it's a sub a subdivision and a lot of the stuff that before the new year, when they start with an uh, honor club, he went and had some of the best matches. His promo of wrestling like a girl for his daughter, successfully doing a face turn when for basically their whole entire careers, they were heels. Most people thinking that they got, you know, able to say that they got robbed for tag team of the year, which we've spoken about, you know, in depth on our podcast. He wrestled CM Punk this year, he wrestled Will Ospreay. And I know that we can, I know that they could say, you know, you could put me in the ring with, you know, Will Ospreay and we'd have a two star match. But you know, it takes two to tango in these matches. And he wrestled Brian Danielson, he wrestled every big star. And he went move for move. He is, he's my AW performer of the year, wrestler of the year. I think you can very easily say CM Punk for the part that he was there. I think you can say MJF for sure. I mean, and it always gets lost and we'll talk about it in a moment, you know, with women's wrestlers, but I think Jamie Hayter for what she did, you know, if you want to say first half of the year, you could say that, you know, basically Thunder Rosa had the cup. had the company on her back i mean so i think you can go a lot of ways but my wrestler of the year for 2022 for AEW
1: is dax arswood i'm not upset about it at all he, i'm not saying he doesn't deserve it it's just the issue of you know yes he's a solo wrestler but he's also a tag team wrestler so it's but yeah no he you definitely covered you know his uh you know his timeline so i can't argue with it i mean I'm not changing my pick, but I can see the argument where I lose the argument because Dax probably deserves it over MJF.
0: Okay, um, go through these a little faster here. AW, we'll say AW slash Ring of Honor, pay per view of the year. We've got Kevin Williams or William uh, said All Out, and Michael uh, said Revolution. I recently uh, rewatched part of Resolution Revolution. That was one hell of a show. It had one of my favorite matches. It, it, it's it's funny. We go, I know I'm going up in here a slight tangent, so this will be quick. It's so funny that there's so much good wrestling now and so many things happen. that something that happened in February or March. As big as it was, you'll almost forget it happened.
1: Right. It's true. Like,
0: it's not my, I feel like it could be my match of the year, but it's, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. It is, but earlier this year, like. When we had the um, Ring of Honor pay-per-view uh, a couple of weeks back, in commentary, they when we were talking about the main event or this, uh, this one of the main 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 matches on the show, the door collar uh, door collar match, they said this was the set. This is the third door collar match in the AW ROH history, and my brain was going. I remember Cody and Brody, because of Unfortunate, that was the last match Brody ever had, and knock on wood, this was the two-year... Earlier this week was the two-year anniversary of uh, Brody Lee's death, Um, but we had a little match, which maybe you could say is the best, possibly maybe the best feud of the year between MJF and CM Punk from Revolution, you know? I mean, I don't know if you remember that as clearly now as you did from when it happened earlier in the year, but you could very easily say that's that's the feud of the year. Or you could say you know, the feud of the year is basically C Punk pub versus AW at this point. But what all that saying, what was your uh AW slash ring of honor pay-per-view of the year? I'm torn. You're allowed to have a tie if you like. I mean it's 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 a cop-out, but you're allowed to have a tie if you like.
1: I don't want no ties. I'm just trying to I'm gonna say the ring of honor death before dishonor. Interesting, Because I feel the Briscoe FTR match was that good. I know they had three of them, but I feel that match was just absolutely insane. And then I feel that the Claudio Jericho match was, a, you know, now that I've, now it's been a couple weeks and I've had time to think about it, it's a different ending that I never expected coming. So I feel that it gave me surprises and where I feel the Ring of Honor, you know, uh, Ring of Honor you know, brand could have could have let me down. It did, not it made me feel like Ring of Honor is back and alive and well.
0: All right, that's that's an interesting answer. Um, my heart wants to say all out because I was there, and I think that you know, seeing Punk win the title in person, seeing the way the crowd went and made the acclaimed stars in one night, and you know, maybe maybe the plan was always for them to win the titles at Grand Slam, you know, a couple of weeks later. But I have to say the best pay-per-view top to bottom of the year for AEW and maybe the best pay-per-view for any company that I had a chance to see this year was
1: Forbidden Door. I yeah, Forbidden Door?
0: It's, 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 like I said before, It's it's crazy. It's a good thing that they give things, you know, give things to breathe where they don't have, you know, a pay-per-view every month. But the idea that, you know, Forbidden Door – was wasn't that, you know, in theory, theory wasn't that long ago. But it was, you know, felt like it feels like, you know, it was 10 months ago at this point, you know. So I mean, I mean, all out, forbidden door revolution. I, I don't know if they really had a bad pay-per-view this year. you no, say yeah. that, you know, some some were better than others. I mean, it's it's crazy, all the uh all the stuff that happened at this this show. Um all right, breakout performer of the year. You could say a single person or a tag team. Uh, we have The Acclaimed uh, by Kevin with a Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta, and Daniel, Gar- and Daniel Garcia, both incredibly close. And then we had Michael saying Dax Harwood is uh, the breakout star of the year. What would you say? Who is your breakout star of the
1: year? I have to go with The Acclaimed. I mean, they were just some guys who just came out and Max would rap a little bit. And then like, you know, they were kind of like, I don't want to say jokes, but they were just mid-carders that weren't really doing anything. And then the whole scissoring thing took steam. And I really think the best thing that happened to them was getting, you know, Billy Gunn to be in their corner. I really think that's where things really turned around. Mm-hmm. That whole angle with the guns, you know, losing their dad to the claim. And that really, you know, picked, you know, kind of, picked up where you know um it put them on another level and then from that level you know they they went on and uh you're right they were made they were they they were they arrived they arrived at their level now at all out you're 100 right about that that crowd popped and made them what they were so it laid out the landscape um but i can definitely say dax hardwood for sure um or or FTR in general, you know it's it's tough. It's it's tough when you have it's it's a good problem to have. When you have yeah, great so talent cool. all around. It's it's a wonderful problem to have, right? Yeah. So, but I'm gonna say the acclaimed.
0: I think they claimed is the obvious answer. You know what? You know I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with it. Even though some of the biggest moments I saw live this year involved the acclaimed, I'm gonna go with Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader, I think, was the breakout star of the year. Where her bigot, God, this is going to sound such like a sexist remark. And I think you know where I'm going here. Mm-hmm. But like coming into the year, and yes, male wrestling fans are disgusting. And we, we, we don't think with the right brain most of the time. But most people, when you, when you, said Jamie, when you, when you mentioned Jamie Hayter at the start of this year, it was the fact that a bunch of, you know, crude guys, not saying I, I didn't look at the pictures, but we're all talking about her, her rear end that she had, you know, let's put it nicely, she had a great ass. Same thing like with Tony Storm, and fortunately, we sexualize m- many of the female performers, but going from s- the natural um, progression that Jamie Hayter had this year, of just being the second person for Britt Baker who was the star, and she's slowly, just like the acclaim, becoming a star on her own, and when I was like I said, yay me, when I was at all out, most people didn't think Jamie Hayter was gonna win, but just like the acclaim, you heard the outpour of people hoping and rooting for Jamie and how that grew week after week. And her being, you know, in a her and Tony Storm being in a horrible situation where you had Thunder Rosa get injured, and they basically had to have the the idea of you know being an interim champion. And not, feel, and for some people, maybe not feeling like the real, the real champion, and getting through that, and being more than like I just said, just a, a pretty face, and actually becoming like this. A week ago, you we saw uh, one of the best women's matches and one of the best matches of the year between Sheeta and Jamie Hayter, which showed how much it meant, and the women could go and get to that next level and be the main event of the show. I mean, we did get a chance to talk about it because it came out after our show, and unfortunately, like I said, during technical problems, at, you know, the loss of the ether, nobody's fault. The idea that this was the first main event by AW last week, besides, I believe, a Moxley one earlier in the year, that the rating went up. Because, you know, usually your strongest segments are in the beginning because you're leading from the Big Bang Theory, and then it's slowly, like, you know... Goes up and down, and then by the end, it's you know it's getting close to ten o'clock, and people are getting ready to you know call it a day. That segment actually went up. Anybody who says the Acclaim is absolutely correct. I mean, you could have said for the first half of the year, Wardlow he was a breakout star, but unfortunately, post Double or Nothing and everything that happened with the MJF saga, I would go with either Jamie Hamer or the Acclaim, and I'm going to
1: go with uh, Jamie Hader. It's funny how Jamie Hader went from being Robin to become Batman. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have no argument with that. I love Jamie Hader, and yep. uh, I was one of those guys who loved her for the wrong reasons, and I love her for the right reasons. So um, you know, I mean, it's just part of being a male, I guess. But you know, she, but, but she's picked up, and uh, she's really she's becoming more polished. Yep. She's becoming becoming into her own, and I love it, and I'm and I'm such a fan for it.
0: Yeah, and like, and like you said a few minutes ago, it's a great problem to have when you when you say who's the breakout star, who's your wrestler of the year and all these things. And it's not just like, you know, a couple of years back, like for WWE, who's your wrestler of the year? Roman Reigns. And that's going to be, you know, because he's pushed more than everybody else and we don't have to get into thoughts on if he's overpushed or not. But just the idea of that now that we have a little bit more variety and you're like. I got to actually think about this for a moment. You know, like a guy who we didn't put in this, even though he had a handful of matches in AEW this year, Will Ospreay is, on most people say, is the wrestler of the year. But because he's not an AEW slash ring of honor, every week type of performer, he wasn't, I didn't consider him for this list.
1: Um, no, you can't, you can't do that.
0: Moment of the year. <sighs> this is going to be an interesting one. It's going to be very <laughs> similar to if you're thinking outside of the ring or only what you saw in the ring. So uh, Kevin Williams wrote Regal turning on Mox to help MJF win the belt. And Michael uh, also William Regal showing up. I thought those were both two very good moments, but I, I think we're both going to have different ones. What would you say your AEW slash ring of honor moment of the year is? Like, I think there's an obvious one, but it's for the wrong reasons.
1: Right. That is the obvious one for the wrong reasons.
0: And I think the other obvious one is it's not something it's it led to something, but it's you almost don't. You know, you always say you don't want to reward bad behavior. But.
1: Yeah, you're 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 leaning towards mine. And uh, I think it's the MGF pipe bomb. Yeah, I think that's.
0: I really do think that's most likely the moment of the year, but because I always look on like the business end of things more than anything else, unfortunately, I think the uh, the all out post uh, press conference of what's basically made everything change in the second half of the AEW calendar. CM Punk basically uh, saying "f the world," not best in the world this time, but "f the world." Right. And you know, and all the aftermath. I think that's. The worst and the best, I mean, not the best moment, but I think it's the, I think that has to be highly considered for moment of the year. I mean, you could say moment of the year because it's, it's always weird when you're, when you're actually at, at something live, it sticks out with you more. And unfortunately, you know, I I didn't have to be at a show where like you could actually hear a pin drop in Connecticut when you went to an AEW show this year. This guy. (laughs) (laughs) But like I was at, like I said, I was at all out. And I was, I was at Grand Slam. And we could say that her her time in AEW may be good or bad, but the reaction that the former Paige, Saray, got when that music hit and you saw her name, you literally could say that that building shook for a second. So, I mean, you could say that possibly is the moment of the year. You could say the idea of MJ, the You could say another MJF 7. MJF and... And Punk, you could say pretty much any of their promo segments leading up to the Revolution door collar match, you could say is, you know, the moment of the year. I mean, I I think the idea of, and like I said, things get forgotten about, just the, the idea of Forbidden Door, I think you could say is the moment of the year. You know, I wasn't there for it, but I remember that I believe the, you want to call the dirt sheets or the wrestling journalists said that it looked like Okada wasn't going to be Available for Forbidden Door because his wife was about to have their first child. And the second you heard that the raindrop, uh, the, the Rainmaker uh, s- drop, you know, and you, you saw Okada came out. I was like, holy mother effing shit. I mean, I, I wasn't Rick Ross where I said, you know, that's a big motherfucker. <laughs> <But> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if that, that, that could be, if we did a worse stuff, that could possibly be, that segment was.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: But, you know, the moment you find out that Okada is going to be, a lot of people say, you know, the best wrestler of a of a generation is going to be at Forbidden Door. I mean, you could say the, uh, well, this is 2021, but I was going to say CM Punk actually debuting, but that was that was the year before, but. The idea of, you know, CM Punk winning the title two times that year and both times he won it, he got hurt. You know, the, that could be, you know, a moment where he actually wins the title in Chicago in front of his that that fans or even a moment was when they had the first match and John Moxley beats him and, you know, in under three minutes. I think a lot there was a lot of big moments, some good, yeah. some bad, but a lot of them have like CM Punk for some of them the right reasons, some for the
1: wrong. Yeah, you're right. I mean. It's a good problem to have. There's so many moments that were good. I yeah. just think just think that the MJF pipe bomb literally set in place what was to come now and set him up perfectly. And it actually was very versatile because if you remember, CM Punk came out trying to talk to me and he, he ran to the stands. Right. You know, so that left that open because we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, with the all out and all that stuff. So that left that open for him and for punk and MJF to still have a feud or, you know, or to go in any direction. So it left avenues wide open paved. So, yeah, so that's why it's gotta be the, you know, just a little bit over the rest of them. All
0: right. A match of the year. I think we're going to both have the same match, but uh, we could talk about this for a moment. ROH versus uh, ROH slash AW 2022 match of the year. I said the word ROH for a reason. And that's, uh, Right there, but uh I don't know if people didn't realize I was including ROH, but uh Kevin Williams had a claim versus Leaf uh Lee and Swerve at all out. I was there for that. Yes, once again, patting myself on the back for going to a live wrestling event that you could actually had some uh pizzazz from the fans. And uh, Michael uh said hangman versus uh Brian Danielson. Uh, that was uh I believe the 60 minute draw, which was an amazing match, was actually at the very beginning of last year. Either of those two matches, uh, your match of the year, or are you going to go with uh, the real match of the year from Ring of Honor?
1: You know what the match of the year is for me. I mean, you can pick one of the three if you really wanted to. But Oh, I, th- I thought it was Cody versus Seth that uh, held himself. Now, uh... <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, FTR and uh, the Briscoes. I mean, with all respect to even, you know, you know, you know. I'm trying to think. What? Let's see. What about the? Uh, you you got to include the elite with uh, with uh, Death Triangle. You know, like in, like uh, honorable mention. They've had some you know pretty phenomenal matches too, um, but nothing beats what do you call it, FTR versus the Briscoes. Nothing.
0: Sorry. I agree. Um, I almost forgot, and we and I think we both almost had a good cry on the on the podcast when this happened or the lead up to it, but. How was our moment of the year? Not the return of, of Shibata. I mean, I almost, I almost did a full cry on the air. Uh,
1: we both, we both almost <laughs> cried. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean,
0: it was so many great things. I mean, I just saw. I, I, haven't seen the match, but I know that
1: Shibata actually just had a match with Tom yeah. Waller. Yeah, I was just gonna bring that up. I, I mean, I thought this man was never gonna wrestle again. You know, like uh, he, he, he took my New Japan spirit out of me. He's, I stopped following for a bit. You know, like it was it was crushing. Uh, I got a good friend, uh, uh, Ken Voss. He's the one who got me to New Japan. And uh, especially when AJ left TNA and then joined Bullet Club and all that, that's when I started following New Japan. So, but like when but Shibata, you know, I became a Shibata fan because of Ken. And uh, and then I grew to my own liking of Shibata. And then when he got hurt, so anyhow, I, you know, the fact that he's wrestling again is just a miracle. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to see him around. I just hope he stays healthy and get hurt.
0: A couple of the matches that I really liked this year I don't want to forget about is involving the guy who actually had uh, Shabata's AEW match at Forbidden Door, a match that a lot of people were like, I don't know how this is going to work. This is going to be whatever. You, I can't believe this is what you're going to have. Maybe the best wrestler in the world doing on this show, Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy from Forbidden Door. If you didn't have the Briscoes versus the um, FTR trilogy this year, I think that might have been my AW slash Ring of Honor match of the year. I don't know if you remember that match very well because I know it was from months ago, but
1: I do remember now you bring it up. I forgot about it, I'll admit. I mean, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, I remember that match now you bring it up. That match was phenomenal. And I also, I
0: mentioned it a little bit earlier, I actually had a chance to re watch it because i was you know thinking about this stuff revolution door collar match punk versus mjf the match itself was great but the intro cm punk coming out to his old ring of god so it's amazing this whole time year. but his old ring of honor music his old ring of honor gear everything that went into that match and the match actually worked it's crazy to think for someone who's not a huge fan of that style, yes. I watched uh, ECW back in the day, and I enjoyed many aspects of it. But if somebody would have told me at the beginning of the year that two of my, two of my like five or six favorite matches of the year would have involved a door collar match, I would have told them they were out of their godforsaken mind. But that match, that whole entire presentation, that you know. At the in February, that was my, you know, mostly it was my my match of the year. Then, like I said, we had Forbidden Door. Then I had a chance to, you know, see a couple of things live. I mean, for honorable mention, I mean, I think that's a TAK match with Swerves Swerve and uh Keith Lee versus the acclaimed at, at all out and the show at uh Grant slam when they won the titles. I think both those, it's amazing. That's this if you want to. Any other year, that'd be the best trilogy of the year. (laughs) And that's just like, okay, it's another match now. I really, like I said, I really enjoyed. I know that some people aren't thought it was because of the lack of build. Some people, I thought that the FTR versus a claim match from last month, I thought was a great match. So I think, you know, once again, I know we're like repeating ourselves on how good eight, as many problems as AEW has, the in-ring product is not the problem.
1: Correct.
0: You know, and same thing with as much as we like or do not like some of the outside elements of WWE, the in-ring portion is not the problem. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when if we're still doing this podcast at the end of 2023, I think my outlook on WWE slash NXT will mostly be a lot brighter than, you know, it was at the beginning of the year. And, you know, I I just think, I know that you and me are both more work rate people, it, but I think that for the first time in a long time, I do have a better hope what I'm seeing promos-wise, storyline-wise in all these company, and
1: companies. And why like. is that? And why is that?
0: Uh, because I think that um, competition brings out the best and Cody is out of the ring, so we don't have to watch him. No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm, feeding it to, I'm feeding it to Harry's uh, hopes and dreams there. Um, no, I, I, it's partly because of its new management under right. Triple H. And partly because, you know, I know I gave some crap to uh, your buddy TK, Tony Khan, earlier. But I think that you see how good or bad a booker someone is based on when bad things happen, how they recover from it. And I think that you can say that push comes to shove that. Tony Khan should have ha- handled the all-out press conference a lot better than he did. And I mean, someone said, you know, a guy who's mostly on his phone twenty-four-seven because he's dealing with thirty-seven different jobs. The one time he doesn't have his phone with him is the is the time when you know basically his company almost imploded in front of him. You know, in front of him with that press conference. I mean, that's one of the funnier things that you hear about the fact that the reason why all this stuff happened and couldn't and wasn't stopped was because Tony didn't have his phone on him and, t- and nobody was able to get in contact with him and tell him that, you know, this skirmish was happening. So, I mean, it is a crazy world. Um, ironic, Don't you think? All right, I'm showing my age there. Um, you know
1: happy that is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I put up one other uh, Facebook thing earlier, t- earlier, and I think I did this just because I saw it and I thought it was an interesting thing, but let's open this up to more than just AW, okay? Okay. I put up a thing. This was from Wrestling Resources, the, the, the Sportster. So I want to give credit to when I see things. Who is who is the 2022 female AW Wrestler of the Year? They put up in their picture, they put up Sheeta, Jade Cargill, Britt Baker, Tony Storm, Ty Mello, who I don't think I'd put in that case, but teach their own, Jamie Hayter, and I think I would have put in instead of Ty Mello. I would have put in Thunder Rosa. So we could first say, I don't know if you had a chance to comment on this one. I, like I said, I never comment. So, I, cause I, so I could have a fresh take at the end of the day. But, um, so we'll first say that. And then, then we'll actually get into, if you want to say who your WWE female performer of the year was, but who was your, uh, who was your female, AEW female performer of the year? And I know you, you usually look at in-ring more, but I want you to think about it as a whole.
1: So I feel it has to be Jade Cargill because of the streak and because of how they've, you know, promoted her. I feel uh, I love Thunder Rosa and I, you know, can't wait for her to return. I do feel some of her championship run was kind of lackluster, which wasn't her fault. It was bad promoting and bad pairing, um, you know, uh, on the booking side of it. Just my opinion. I guess Tony Storm could be in that conversation. Uh, you know, Jamie Hader. Jamie Hayer probably should be the one winning it because of from where she became as a sidekick to now being, you know, the number one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you pass up on Jade Cargill. I, I'm I'm torn. I don't. All
0: right. I think yeah. you most likely gave you gave the one of the two. Uh, one of the two answers that was given most in our uh, survey. The two biggest people who were mentioned were Jade and Jamie Hader. Um. I thought this was interesting and this is one of the reasons, you know, besides having a chance without seeming creepy to put up, you know, a display of six, you know, gorgeous women, I think, I think it's an interesting question because like I said, if you base it just on promos, the answer is obvious. It's Britt Baker. She's the best, she's the best female promo, maybe in the business. Her and Becky Lynch are basically the two best women promos in the business. I don't think it's even close. All
1: right.
0: Just in ring. As an overall year, I think it's Jamie Hayter. With maybe a close second. Unfortunately, she wasn't in, you know, as she wasn't there as much based on things that were going on, you know, in Japan, different things, is her and Sheeta.
1: I love Sheeta. She is great. I
0: mean, you want to say the two people who are most likely pushed the, the best during the whole year? Obviously, it's Jade, and I think it's very possible you could say Tony Storm. I think I brought up a statue earlier on an earlier episode, the fact that Tony Storm was the first eight, and I may get this slightly wrong, but first AEW woman that was had a match, I think it was for like 10 straight weeks. So every week, it wasn't just like a backstage promo. She actually had a match every week on TV. It helped yeah. build her to the, you know, to that moment where it seemed like it was okay for her to be champion. Thunder Rosa, I think, you know, had a very good first half of the year. And she had the great moment of winning the title from Brit. And her and Brit, even though they don't like each other in real life, is a prime example of what we hope one day, Punk and the, the Elite, where, you know what, you don't like somebody, but you know what money is. And you make money with the, the other person. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know that Jade gets a ton of crap that the people don't think she's a great worker. I think from what she did when she first came into the business with being part of the mixed tag with, with Shaq to where she is now, I think she's actually improved quite a bit. Do I want to see her, you know, in a 20 minute match at this point? No, I don't want to see Hook in a 20 minute match. You know, I mean, I think the way that they're pacing these people are slowly growing them into a bigger thing, I think really works. I'm torn. I I think the answer most likely should be Jade. But I think the how they built Jamie through the year, like I was saying earlier, from a sidekick, secondary character, you saw the little bit of dissension between her and Brit, which by the time that they do that will be amazing. The two of them face each other, of her, unlike you know, uh, Rebel or Reba, whatever we're gonna call her, uh from the very moment she never did the. The the DMD uh, you know finger thing that Rick Baker does, which always made you think maybe something was going on there. I mean, you know, Jamie Hayter had two phenomenal matches with Rio this year, and you could. Some people think you know Rio's terrible. Other people think she's for what she is, she's great. But she had two great matches with, with Rio. Great match with with Sheeta. She had you know, I thought her her match with Tony Storm I thought was very good. Like I'm torn. Jade's been pushed the best, but I think Jamie has come from from the beginning of the year where you di- you didn't know what she was going to really be, to the end of the year, not being a sidekick anymore and being an equal to the biggest the biggest female star in the company. So I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna go with my, the person who I thought was the breakout star of the year. If I'm saying she's the breakout star of the year, it's hard for me to say she's not the. The, be- the best female wrestler of years. So I'm going with Jamie Hader. Like I said, I don't think there's a wrong answer there. Uh, we got actually quite a few responses to this. Uh, Eddie uh, Jennings said Jade or Britt, so we didn't have a concrete answer. Edwin, let's be decisive. Uh, <laughs> Drew, uh, Drew said Jade. uh Jeanette, uh, Herbert said hater. Brandon said Jade all day. Ted Cadney uh to a very big contributor on pretty much on every, uh, one of the uh, Facebook, uh, groups that we're involved in said, Jade, I guess she's the B champion, but they push her more than the A champion. It's a very good, that's a very good point. Uh, He's been Jade,
1: consistent about that. He's been consistent about that the entire year.
0: Yeah. Uh, EJ said Jade has been the best for the longest amount of time so far this year. Felipe Melusio, who, uh, you could check out uh, his podcast, The Total Basis Podcast. And one of the guys who's responsible for uh, this marriage that we are now a part of. I don't want to make anybody jealous of my other podcast, but I think we're officially uh, engaged at this point. Uh, so, we've been together for like five weeks. So um,
1: that's hard, buddy. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, <laughs> said, uh, Baker, uh, it's Miller once again. Come on, guys. You have podcasts. You know you got to be definitive on things. Jade slash hater. So like I said, everyone's in the same point. Uh, James Joan the third. It's Jade by default since she's never lost a match. She's not the best performer though, which is like I said. The that is the the great debate on these things. Uh, Jesse Vilgren. I, I apologize if I screwed up your name. Said Thunder Rosa. Uh, John Hunley. Almost all of, almost all of you are saying, push or no, Jade can't wrestle. That's uh, that's a common thread which you'll see online. Uh, Trent Cunningham said Jade Schlesader once again. Maybe I should have been more definitive. That's you know one person. Uh, and then Simon Johnson, who was in our other uh, one of our other polls, said Jade. Uh, those are all responses from the iHeart Wrestling group. Uh, we've got a couple of more. I'm sure everybody loves hearing their comments. Hopefully they're subscribing to this uh, to the feed um from the from the wrestling life we've got donald cooper i guess i would go with hater find jen incredibly boring and played out at this point i only like the baddies that come with her especially leah gray she's hot all right that's another guy who uh maybe looking (laughs) at pictures um ian mcwilliams i don't know if he's a long-lost relative of our other williams gentlemen uh said hater Brett sent Brett, um, said either hater or female ultimate warrior. I think that's a shot at Thunder Rosa, but I could be wrong. Ted Cagney also responded in this one. Jade, you know, be champion. We got it. Uh, Aaron I.B. Lopez said Jade. Elliot Sanchez embraced the, embraced the hate. Michael Ford, personal friend of, of mine and of the old, um, Workshoot wrestling podcast. You can always check those old episodes episodes out. Jade or Jamie, I like to see them wrestle champion versus champion. I think we might see that next year. And I think that could be a unification thing that maybe that's when if if other things that we could talk about down the line don't happen, I can see, you know, Jade, you know, combining the titles and then whoever actually beats Jade is the ultimate push. But uh I think that's really interesting. We had a very back and forth of jade and jamie you know and i think that's showing that the there's something for everybody
1: yeah no it it it's a good it's a good torn argument to have yes you have to pick one you pick one but it they're both you know argue you know both in in the argument and it's a great argument to have because both have the, the body of work um and have the results to back it up
0: yeah uh So quickly, we're going to just, because, you know, this wasn't planned. Nothing ever is. You know, I keep, it's a way I can keep uh, Harry and the Wrestling Purist uh, Facebook group on their toes. Um, Who would you say is your WWE uh, Female Performer of the Year? Is it Bianca? Is it half a year of Roxanne Perez? Is it, you know, (laughs) uh, Ronda Rousey? Is it Liv Morgan who won, you know, Money in the Bank? I mean, what would you go with your Female Performer of the Year?
1: I think it's between Bianca and Roxanne. I think it's easy to say Bianca because
0: and I'm not She's thinking. Be, two
1: straight WrestleManias? Huh? She's
0: headlined two straight WrestleManias?
1: Correct. And, you know, she is the full package. She can do it all. You know, she can she can talk on the mic. She can do the promos. She can, you know, wrestle. Um, you know, she has it all. So, you know, WWE scored well with her. I mean, You're saying there was another choice? Well, so, but I think again, to her, she was also put in that situation because, you know, Charlotte's not around, you know, Becky left for a bit, Bailey went in a different direction, Sasha's been missing. I think I'm going to go with Roxanne Perez because I'm going to stick to that whole breakout, you know, uh, you know, wrestler. I yeah. feel that what's most impressive about Roxanne is her age. You know, she's very young and she's very mature and polished for a 21-year-old. At least she's 21. Uh, she started wrestling at 14, I believe. Wow. Uh, yeah, so she's 21 years old. Um, so, I mean, you can go either way. I, I I could go either way with it and either answer is fine. But my personal would be Roxanne Perez.
0: My wrestler of the year is Mandy Rose now. Um, I think Roxanne Perez is, is a very good choice. Like I don't think she's wrestled enough this year, but I think the promo work and the way she's actually gone from it. I, somebody put the picture up earlier. I don't know if it was on one of the Facebook groups or I just saw it on Twitter on what uh, Rhea Ripley looked like when she first came out. Just another typical blonde and now she's has this goth look and everything else and her promo work and her confidence.
1: I forgot about Rhea.
0: And she could do it all in the ring and I think a lot of people expect her versus uh Bianca Belair to be one of the you know the key matches for the title this year. I mean, you know, it's it's weird, you know, you, you could say Becky even though she wasn't there the whole entire year. I mean, she's had an impact. Bailey's, you know, Bailey's Bailey, but you know, she wasn't there for a good portion. When Sasha was there, I mean, you could always say Sasha is your be your performer of the year, but it's I have a hard time saying it's not it's not Bianca Belair. I know that's the uh the easy answer but you know what sometimes the easy answer is the right answer and i love the roxanne roxanne perez pick but i think the the right answer is is bianca belair
1: can't argue with you it's a good pick it's it's a it's a great pick yeah. I, I mean
0: all right let's let's get into a couple of more fun things guys this is our last show of the year and it's going to mostly be a three hour show at this point and uh i'll make an excuse saying that there was an audio issue and i couldn't edit it. Um, <laughs> another thing that was on uh, the Facebook groups this this week, I don't know if you had a chance to see. Apparently, Rich Swann was on Insight. I think that's a podcast. And he said the, TNT, the TNA Mount Rushmore would, would definitely be AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Sting, and Christian Cage. Do you agree with this, or do you? would you go another way? And I'd like to uh, just shout out KG Snickerdoodle Higgins for putting this up on the I heart wrestling uh, Facebook page. So, I mean, which I, I didn't see this beforehand. What's, what's your thoughts? Once again, I'll let you know the, the names, AJ, Samoa, Joe, Sting, and Christian cage.
1: AJ and Joe are locks. Okay. Down. TNA dissolved or didn't dissolve, but turned into what impact is now that all started because, you know, they didn't want to pay AJ and AJ left. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Um, but AJ and Joe, you know, really made TNA what they are, in my opinion. Sting and Chris, Sting and you know, Christian Cage are great picks. I can't argue with them. But I want to go in another direction. I think James Storm should be on that list. Okay. I feel James Storm was a lifer, and um, you know. He had, you know, yes, he had two different tag teams and had some solo runs. I know he didn't have like, you know, you know, uh, I don't think he had a lot of championships solo. It was more tag team oriented, but James Storms was in TNA for a very long time. And I believe he was an original. Mm -hmm. Uh, So James Storm comes to mind. Christopher Daniels comes to mind. It's tough. Uh, I don't, I I, I know Sting was there. I get that. And maybe Sting belongs there. I feel like I'm missing someone though. I feel like there's someone I'm missing. Like oh, I know who it is. Someone I can't stand, but I have to give him, you know, his kudos. Jeff Jarrett. Interesting. Jeff, Jeff Jarrett belongs on that list. Why? There'd be no TNA without Jeff Jarrett.
0: Can you also though say that you you might be one of the guys who started the company and if your money was the reason why it continued, but we see a bigger detriment by the end of his run there and it makes it, you know, does the good outweigh the bad, you know? So, uh, I mean, I'm not I saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong on that, but I, uh, you know, I think there's always two sides to these things.
1: It's yeah, no, you're right. I mean, his detriment, and that's why I don't want him on TV now in AEW. We have you know, a whole podcast about this. I can't stand Jeff Jarrett. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I, don't I, I like the, I like the mind, you know, behind the scenes for Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like the ego that comes to the screen. Um, but he does draw great heat. That that I'll tell you. Um, he he can draw heat, you know, with a wet paper bag. You know, you know, like you know, and uh, you know, and two random spoons. I mean, he he can. That's something he can do. But if you think about TNA, I don't know how you leave Jeff Jarrett off off that. I mean, I guess another one is Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle could be in that honorable mention as well. On hey, the
0: Kurt, you know, if you you look at. Actual in ring, I believe Kurt was actually in TNA longer than he was in WWE.
1: Yes, he was. You're right. Yes, he was. That's accurate, and he and he was phenomenal. He was good. Not to steal AJ's line, but he, Kurt was great in TNA. So I'm um,
0: gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the two obvious ones, AJ and Joe. Just mm-hmm. funny that t, the two. uh Two, two of the biggest names of aid of aw of of aw of uh of TNA aka Impact were actually two big time members that may who you could say are part of the Mount Rushmore of Ring of Honor which is an interesting thing um right i'm gonna you know i think you got to put gail kim on that on that yeah. Mount rushmore
1: yes you do you do
0: and yes. i'm not trying to be the uh, fully correct you know got to put a woman on there i i think that her accomplishments and the work she did with uh, Awesome Kong, I think, is has made still to this day the uh, the knockouts division one of the key things that people always think about. Um, I could see you could put Christopher Daniels in that fourth spot. I you could put Kurt Angle. You could definitely put. I th- I think the right answer is most likely Jeff Jarrett. I'm going to go a little. I'm, I'm not going to put Jeff Jarrett in there. He should be the answer but I think based on the style and everything that he did and I'm going to put, I'm going to put a I'm going to put a as one of the four uh, members of uh, Mount Rushmore, his Great. style and everything that hit the way that he, he did everything. I know that's a cheap answer. The way he did everything. Yes. I was an English major. Not really. Um, but I think my Mount Rushmore, and yes, I know it's nobody of the current product. Maybe that's partly because I don't watch the current product that much. I mean, You could very easily say the work that, you know, Josh Alexander right now could possibly put him on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, he's been incredible there. But my Mount Rushmore would be AJ, Samoa Joe, Gail Kim, and Abyss.
1: Nothing wrong with those at all. I, uh, you know, Gail Kim 100% deserves it. And not that I forgot about Abyss, but I just maybe didn't. When you brought him up, I started thinking more about. You know his matches, his promos, him being two different people. You know, a lot of people remember that. You know, he had a brother, and then you know, really, it's him. Being, you know, playing both roles. And uh yeah, no, that that uh, that's a, that's some great picks right there, Corey. I'm proud of you. It's good.
0: Thank you, thank you. I tried. Uh, so let's see. I'm. I'm. We're not going to go through the whole entire thread, but. We'll give you a couple of the people's uh, answers because like sure we try to be a little bit interactive here. KJ Snickerdoodle put it up. because uh, I can't argue that, but mine is AJ Sting, Joe, Kurt, and Gail Kim. So uh, he decided to go and on his own post, go with five instead of uh, instead of four. We're okay with that. Uh, EJ definitely Kurt, definitely Gail. So um, and then I guess there was a lot more conversations there. You could argue uh, Christian based on what he meant at the time and what he brought to the table, though. So, I mean, he was the guy who, you know, AW trusted when they were going to have Kenny drop the title, which we could all say was maybe not the best move. I mean, you know, looking back, seven hour podcast we're going to have today that most likely Kenny should have put Josh Alexander over. But, you know, they got they got to the, the right answer in the long run. Um, it's an interesting one. Uh, Charles Slim Hughes. But I'd have to put Petey Williams up there for me. That's a very interesting one. Um
1: for Petey Williams, sure.
0: Uh, Jason Moss. Uh, it's an interesting one, you know, based on his time there. I mean, you could very easily put uh, – he said Lashley. I mean, the time he was there, he was dominant. I mean, you know, if you want to put it like that, you could say Drew, uh, the, the, uh, Drew McIntyre. When he was there, I could be something. Uh Courtney Edward Montgomery said, I think I'd go with Jarrett, AJ Sting, and Angle, personally. You can't have TNA without Jeff Jarrett. Uh Drew Oliver, Drew Drew Tolliver, I'm sorry. I'd go AJ, Joe, Sting, and Jarrett. If it wasn't for Jarrett, TNA would would have never been alive. It's a very good point, like you said. So there was a couple other, you know, things in between, but those were like, you know mini conversations. And like I said, as much as I like to joke that the show can be five hours or seven hours, I got other stuff to do tonight. Uh, but so I think those were some interesting, uh, you know, polls that we went through. But let's uh, let's do a couple of news uh, news items before we get out of here. And we will try to piece them to, together with a couple of thoughts on Dynamite. So we found out last night at the uh, AAA uh, show that Slight spoiler. I think we already brought it up during the conversation, but FTR dropped the uh, AAA Tag Team Titles, losing to uh, Dralistico and Dragon Lee. But the big thing that came out afterwards was Dragon Lee, who had wrestled in Ring of Honor, New Japan, the New uh, Ring of Honor. He was uh, at one uh, he was part of one of the pay per views. Isn't signing with AEW. AEW got Bandito. I guess uh, Dragon Lee is going to uh, WWE. He will be starting in NXT either at the end of January, beginning of February. I don't know how much of Dragon Lee you've had to see besides the couple times on AW slash um, Ring of Honor. But what's your thoughts of uh, Dragon Lee making the move from Mexico and going to, you know, the quote unquote, the mothership? Of WWE, do you think it's a good idea for him? Do you think it's he's gonna have the same fate as you know other Hispanic stars, not named Rey Mysterio? I mean, give him a better chance because it's not the same management events and Triple H. You know, maybe we'll give him a moment. What, what's your thoughts on Dragon Lee taking the leap and going to uh WWE?
1: I was a bit shocked by it. Um, I just became a recent fan. Um, as I've been exploring the pro wrestling TV app and uh, watching more AAA. Uh, Cause I, I, I wasn't watching it as much. I didn't have access. Now I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he's great. I think that he has phenomenal work ethic and is talented. My concern is him not being pushed properly or not being, not fitting in properly in WWE. Um, I'm not saying the talent isn't there you know, that, you know, I would love to see him with, you know, with, like, a uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Carmelo Hayes, you know, um, there's a couple others there that I wouldn't mind seeing him NXT with and then eventually go up, you know, to the main roster, you know, if it works out. But my biggest concern is how long is that going to take? You know, does he get buried? Does he get put aside for something else? Because we've seen it before, right? It happens, and then they just end up leaving after their contract ends um hopefully he's getting paid very well you know um one would assume that you're getting a great paycheck when you go into the big boy right mm-hmm. so uh uh i i hope it, i hope this is what he wants i hope this is his, his passion from it i read somewhere someone said it maybe it's miller that eventually um what's his name may join him over there uh go back what's um, Charlotte's husband? Uh, Andrade? Andrade. Uh, we'll see. But uh,
0: I think Andrade's got a long term deal, and I don't think Tony's looking to go and uh, release everyone who's got a uh, relationship
1: with someone no. else in the Fed. Um, no, no, no. But I mean, but uh, so say there's just say that there's a way that that could work out, or say he stays long enough, you know, that's fine. But I'm just concerned about him being used, right? That's all.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I think we all have to take, well, not to go on a rant here, but I think we all have to get the terminology of being buried out of our mind. I think that everyone is used for a certain way. And if we like a guy and he's not used the way we think he should be used, I don't think me, I don't think it means he's actually getting buried. Just different plans and things sometimes things don't work out. I I think it's a very good sign that apparently Dragon Lee is attempting to learn English as fast as he can. So it won't be a deterrent for him in the WWE. So I think that's a good sign. I think it's a good sign that during the during the NXT run of Triple H, he was not against using smaller guys. I think the best thing for him right now is to be in NXT for six months to a year to get used to the WWE style, WE TV. I know that that's always like a tricky subject with people. Is like. The guy's performed on the biggest level. What do you mean he, he, he's not a, he can't be a TV star? But I do think there's a WWE way of doing things that you don't want to just throw somebody head first into the main roster, even though they're most likely better than three-fourths of the roster already. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing that he's going to be starting in NXT. And I think it's going to be one of those subjects that I think in you know six months will be – Sitting here thinking, was this the right decision or the wrong decision? I think the biggest thing about this, and I know that AEW has the most bloated roster in the history of mankind. I know that, but I am surprised that Dragon Lee didn't decide to go to AEW, or you know, or, or be part of the, or be part of Ring of Honor, where he had a ton of success after uh the, You know, the first time around. So I mean, maybe it's got to do with the fact that the relationship with Andrade is strained. With AEW, but I'm I'm a little surprised that he didn't go there.
1: Uh, it's, it could be that, or the, the money offer was bigger from WWE. Sure, I mean, absolutely. You know, I mean, you only have a certain amount of time, right? I mean, you want to make the most money you can for your family. So, right. yeah, no, it is a strange situation. I was shocked by it myself.
0: We got two other two other small topics before we, which will lead us into the our end of our show, but we had. See which one should we start? Uh, Let's let's start with the uh, the story that long term could be a bigger deal. Uh, Maybe that's not the right way to put it. Let's start with the Sasha Banks story. Sasha Banks, most likely now will be known as Mercedes Monet. Gave her, uh, I believe it was on Instagram, went and put a post out, basically thanking everybody and saying, you know, this is a new time for her. She's going to be doing her her makeup line and some other stuff. But she's 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 officially done with WWE. She's in from everything you read, she's in uh Japan right now. She did not show up at the stardom show to set up anything with Kyrie as of uh as of last night, more than likely due to the fact that she's mostly contractually not able to go and do anything wrestling-wise till the first of the year. So people who were like, she didn't show up at stardom, so she's not coming in. I wouldn't go that far and say that. But now that we were basically a week away from Wrestle Kingdom, we know that Sasha's basically, she said she's done. She's been on, you know, Bailey's, pod, uh, Bailey's Instagram thing and basically saying that she's moving on now that it's really is a reality. What's your What's your thoughts on the future for Sasha? Do you Do you like the idea? Do you uh, How do I put this? Like I guess I don't want this to be like a super long show, but I was having a conversation with the uh, my former co host, my best friend in the world, the much more talented member of the the Wrestling Podcast. Which we're finding out very quickly that once again I'm the least talented person of a podcast. Um, <laughs> Jason Brooks went and said that. He's, you know, he'd love to see what Sasha does next, but he feels that Sasha should be in the WWE. She's that big of a star. Now that we know that her time in WWE is officially, you know, unless something crazy happens, is officially over, do you you like the idea that Sasha is taking this next step and doing something at Wrestle Kingdom, doing mostly something at Stardom, most likely AEW? Or are you kind of like Jason, where you feel, maybe someday a w will be the biggest stage in the world, but Sasha is one of those talents. She should be in WWE, the biggest stage, biggest
1: stage out there. Uh, I'm opposite. I think it's great that she gets away. I think that she can always go back. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that door is open. She might be able to pull a Cody, you know, go out and, you know, sit a whole revolution for a couple of years and then go back to get her bag. Just shout out to Trina Vargas for saying it all the time. Cause mm-hmm. Cody got his bag, right? Bag of money. So, uh, Sasha can go light up the world, you know go do New Japan, do her CBD you know companies uh, and then uh, you know take you know take open bookings everywhere maybe she makes a tour maybe she goes to impact maybe she goes to Aew maybe she goes all around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's worthy I see Jason's point. she is too big of a star not to be in WWE. I get that. At the same time, WWE didn't want to show her the money. They didn't want to show her that she was worthy. That they don't think she's on Becky's level or Charlotte's level, right? So that's on them, not not on her.
0: Yeah, she didn't want to be their ambassador of Kwan. Yeah, I got you.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: glad someone laughed at that joke.
1: Um, but, but seriously, like she could literally, you know, go do a tour of things, wrestle who she wants to wrestle, maybe pick her battles, maybe show, you know, show up as someone's guest, you know, partner, whatever, right? And then you know, a couple years on the road, go back to WWE, you know, after she's even made a bigger name of herself and prove everybody wrong. Yes. That's a knock at Cody, but, uh, it, you never know. So I'm not mad at her about it. And, uh, I'm still going that dropped to drop the ball on this. So it, it, you can't put it on her.
0: Yeah. I mean, I fought, I mean, fought with him, you know, I was never going to win, but, um, I fought with Jason for a few minutes. I mean, like part of Jason's point was also looking at the previous history of like AEW, where unless your name is Moxley or Jericho, you're not on the show every week. And, you know, I know she's got outside things. She's going to be filming mostly another season of The Mandalorian. She's doing movies now. She's, She's becoming a bigger, I mean, hopefully a bigger star than the actual business she's initially in, which is not a bad thing by any stretch. But, you know, I think he was, part of his point was, more of a, as an AEW, like he loves AEW, just like just like all of us, but just the idea of the fact that performer is only, you know, three hours of TV and they've got so many people and you're pushing like a Jamie Hayter and, and a Jade and everything. Does, even though they're, they're mostly be paying her an arm and a leg, does she get, does someone of her star quality get lost in the shuffle? And is that a, you know, so I understand his point of view, but you know, screw. Him. If he wanted to have a
1: point of view, he'd still be on. The, he'd still be doing the podcast. Did CM, well, well, listen. I mean, I'm glad that he had a family and everything, and I'm glad I inherited <laughs> you from him. So, with all due respect, the he, child. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So, so Jason can you know borrow you back if he likes, but you know, you're not getting rid of me. Uh but uh, did CM Punk lose his credibility or lose his? I mean, okay, he ruined himself with the scrum and all that. But before the scrum, did he lose his luster? No, right. So Sasha's on Punk's level, isn't she?
0: As well, that's, that's definitely what she thinks. So I mean, we will fi- we will definitely find out as time goes along. Um, I,
1: I, I think she is. I think she. I think she's worthy of it. So I think that you can, you know. I mean, look, look what's going. On FTR, FTR is not carrying the belts. You know, what I mean, FTR is doing different things, and they still get every pop and get, you know you know, and can carry their own with no problem. So I think Sasha's on that level. I think it's the punk, FTRs, Sasha, you know, situation can almost be very loud.
0: I guess the last thing I would say on this is, if she's going to AEW, and I I honestly believe she'll be the mystery opponent, and we'll get more into that, you know, in the weeks to come, the, I'm sorry, the mystery tag team partner. Right. Derea, hey, that's a prime example. I mean, how often do we even say, I know Soraya is a special attraction and with her neck, she's mostly not going to r- wrestle a ton of matches all the time, but and how much do we see, how much are we really seeing of Soraya at this point? It's all, and she's only been there for, you know, a couple of months, but um, I was saying this to, I was saying this to Jason that Tony would, Tony Khan would be stupid not to sign her to a long-term deal, but at the same point, if you're Mercedes, I think you'd be crazy to sign a long-term deal. Because you want to keep the your your options open to be able to go back to the WWE if you want, you don't want to get stuck, not stuck, but you don't want to be saddled possibly with a five year contract like Andrade, who's you know who's, who apparently is never happy, and you know Alistair Black, Malachi Black, we, you know at points he wanted to mostly go back, and then he realized that you know I ain't getting out of this. So you know I think it's a very tricky situation, and we'll, hopefully we'll find out as time goes along. How long of a deal she actually has? I mean, I think that's where it will be interesting on what Mercedes Vernado.
1: What do you feel is a safe play for both sides? Three years, two years, four years. I would say
0: two years with the. Of course, now we're getting to the baseball stuff again, but I would say a two-year deal with an uh, a third year, a third-year option for both sides.
1: Okay, that's fair. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I, I'm sure she would love a one-year deal. With an opt, you know, an opt-in, opt-out. But I mean,
1: she's not going to get that.
0: I mean, if she's and and like I, I think I said this. I don't know if I said this to you in the past, but I definitely said this to Jason when I was talking to him earlier today. I know that we don't know for sure how much uh, New Japan is paying. Her. I mean, the, there are the rumors that she's making at the level or more than what Jericho got it for for his appearances, but with the pandemic and the somewhat of a lack of interest in new japan over the last few years i have a hard time believing that new japan on their own would be able to to shell out money for sasha banks aka you know mercedes so i mean i i in my heart of hearts believe that tony khan is paying for part of this deal as you know for doing new japan stuff so i mean probably yeah so i mean it's going to be definitely interesting on that um so last thing before we quickly talk about dynamite cuz like I said we're going on the 2 hour mark I believe at this point. Oh wow. Yeah. We're we're, we're very good at talking about nothing. Uh, <laughs> now did you see, now I got a chance to listen to it. I don't know if you had a chance to maybe listen to it or see you know some of the highlights. But we had the first episode of FTR Dax uh podcast. I'm sorry if I'm screwing up the uh the name of the podcast, but the big thing coming out of the podcast, Dax Hardwood, was basically he gave his thoughts of basically the year the year of uh CM Punk. And at the end of the podcast, he had mentioned that he would hope basically what I said after this happened, everyone would realize that you know the they're in the, the money-making business, not the you know, everybody needs to have feelings type of business, and that the elite and CM Punk could possibly work together again one day. You know, he's still injured for a while. The big, the big thing that came out of it afterwards was on a message board, which if I can find, I can I can read to you what it said. The magic of being a recording and doing three things at once. Wrestling Observer put up a thing saying, "AW's Dak Hardwood makes a plea for CM Punk, the elite, to find a way to make it work. And then the Pro Wrestling Podcast put let's just shake hands and say, sorry, laugh out loud. No, but seriously. And then there was 23 comments and then CM Punk and from everything that people have looked at, it's the real CM Punk, Put one word he went, duh, which everyone now is saying, maybe there's hope. And you know, if if someone says, let's, let's shake hands and say, sorry. And CM Punk is, seems open to the idea of, you know, when he's healthy, maybe coming back. I think that's a great first step. I mean, I don't know if uh, CM Punk was just tro- trolling people. But, you know, you would hope that him and Dax have actually become, or Scott Dawson have become, very good friends over the last year. And I don't think uh, he would try to sabotage, you know, his friend's, you know, first episode of his podcast, which I will say was quite good. I think that, you know, he's a very open book, which could get him in trouble down the line. But what's on, what's your thoughts of... Uh, The one word CM Punk said, duh, in regards to uh, the elite and CM Punk, you know, finding a way to make it work.
1: I would love for it to happen. Um, I know a lot of people don't want it to. I've also been a little sarcastic about it because I feel like, you know, this should have been done already if it was going to happen. Time heals all wounds, you know. True. (laughs) I mean. I think it's great for business. It's great for the fans. It's great for the industry. I personally would love to see it happen, but I don't want it to be half, like half ass, and then they both all come back, and then there's some other type of incident again. Because then I'm going to be upset and disappointed. And I'm probably not going to want to follow either one, either side, you know. Because like if if you because I mean if you're going to come back and do it right, you know what I mean? Like do it right and end it. But, I mean, others have done this, right? I mean, didn't edge Matt Hardy and their beef, you know, after the whole Lita situation? Oh, sure, yeah. There's been many other situations that were bad that people buried the hatchet for the betterment of business. Because, one, they can make a shitload of money from it, right? Mm -hmm. And, two, you know, they can be employed again, you know, where they go. I remember when Matt Hardy got released, I actually went to the ROH show where he was at in Woodbridge, Connecticut.
0: um, Was it actually a good was did the crowd actually alive for that
1: show? Yes, it was actually, yes, yes. Wow, okay. Cause, well, because most of those crowds were like, you know, former ECW, you know, fans. You know I, The Ring of Honor, at least from where I'm from, the Ring of Honor, you know, fan base, you know, was the, you know, had the same fan base as ECW just, you know, years later, you know, that, that's all it was. So right. no, it was great, it was a great show. It wasn't on TV or nothing, but it was a great show. But uh, I think it, you know, It'd be, if, as long as it's going to be proper and genuine, I'm all for it. That's my point.
0: Nice. I agree. Um, I hope this all gets worked out. I don't think I've ever made it unclear that uh, my favorite wrestler, all-around performer of the last you know, 10, 15 years is CM Punk. And I love – and Kenny Omega might be one of my top two favorite wrestlers of the modern era. You know, and and I'm super happy we're going to get a chance to see him face you know Will spray next week. But um, we can get into that next week after the match happens. But um, let's get into uh, Dynamite quickly. I thought this was another great show from Dynamite. I didn't get a chance to see if the ratings had come out yet for it for this week because I know with the holiday everything seems to be pushed back here and there. But um, what was your thoughts on this week's show? I know you didn't get a chance to see the very beginning of the show, but I thought, like I said, top to bottom, I thought this was a great show. I thought Top Flight and Claudio and John Moxley told a great story. I thought Joe versus Wardlow and the aftermath sets up more stuff. I thought Ethan Page and Brian Danielson had a very good match. I, I think this. I think that Guest Triangle versus the Elite, the uh, no-holds-falls-cut-anywhere match is most likely the best match they've had since the pay-per-view what was your what were
1: your uh, what were your thoughts on the show? I'm pretty much the same, actually. You know, uh, all I right, guys, time to go home. No, I'm being serious. I, I there's nothing different to say. Um, I thought it was comical, at MJF in the uh, skybox. You know, uh, um, I where where have we seen that that woman before? Have we seen her somewhere?
0: Uh, no, she's a uh, independent uh, wrestler from uh, the Denver. Area, I believe her name is Daddy Doom. Okay. She looks um very much like uh Shotzi Blackheart, uh, I would think, you know.
1: Yeah, she has a Shotzi uh, cameo look. I see that. Yeah. I, I thought I've seen her somewhere else. Um, but maybe I was mistaken. But I felt I felt that was kind of comical, you know, and uh typical MJF just you know making us all you know love him and hate him at the same time. Yeah,
0: he's, uh, he's the world's biggest troll. You know, I I think that's a good way to put it.
1: Um, I did. I really liked the death triangle on the elite. Uh, I felt the chemistry was probably the best they've had in this, you know, in the six matches. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, I'm excited to see the seventh one.
0: What was your couple of quick things? Like I said, I know this is I appreciate everyone who's actually hasn't turned off the podcast at this point, you know. But what was your thoughts of the show long angle in regards to uh, the injury to Wardlow? And the, with the Samoa Joe match, what was what was your thoughts there? I mean, I love the uh, after the match with uh, him cutting off the ponytail. And then, which we found out this morning on Twitter, that next week's uh, next week's major one of the next week's major matches is going to be Joe versus Darby being in Seattle. But what, what was your thoughts on that basically show long storyline? Did you like it? Did you be like others who was like, uh, really? I mean. I think I think you know we could say that they've basically dropped the ball with La Wardlow, but I think they still want to protect Wardlow, so I, and I thought this was the smartest way to do it.
1: I don't I mean I I don't like it, but I understand why they did it. Like you said, it's, it's for protection. I I just I don't know how they've dropped it. It, it, it kind of makes me wonder how they dropped the ball with, with Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I uh, I see why and I see what you know, with Darby coming out and Darby, you know, going to be wrestling in Seattle. Are we assuming that Darby's going to, you know, end up beating, you know, no. Joe? I don't see. So. I mean,
0: I don't think he's beating Joe at Seattle. No. I mean, I know usually they have happy endings in uh, well, that's something else. Usually they have you know, <laughs> big moments for your hometown people. I mean, I think the people who are going to have that hometown moments are going to be Ethan uh, are going to be a uh, Brian Danielson, which we, don't, at this point, we don't know what he's doing next week. And I could see Swerve Scott having, you know, or sorry, Swerve Strickland having a big moment.
1: Um, oh, is, he, is he from Seattle? Yeah, as
0: well? yeah. Mm-hmm. those him and Darby were two of the main fixtures in Defy, the big Seattle promotion. I mean, you could maybe see. I mean, he's not from Seattle, but you could maybe see uh, maybe Christopher Daniels, who actually up till recently, I believe, was 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 it their champion in Defy. So, I mean, that area knows him. I mean. John Moxley worked uh, a show in Defy late last year against uh, Tom Lawler. So I mean, a lot of the guys I could see, you know, some of the regulars of Defy maybe, you know, being on that show. But hmm. I think that this, I think that you know, you're gonna, you, I, I don't, I don't want to see Joe lose the title any soon, anytime soon, because I'm enjoying this King of Television gimmick. I know you could say being a fat guy. I mean, I shouldn't say anything about anybody, but. Somebody, some guys can say, you know, Joe's just too big at this point. He's got to he's got to lose some weight, but I think he's still doing great stuff in the ring. But I, I do think the end story is Wardlow, especially after having his ponytail uh, cut off, I think he wins the title back at Revolution. I would be very surprised if he doesn't. The person I'd feel bad for in that respect is uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. But um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on Joe Wardlow continuing to the pay per view and maybe reinventing Wardlow a little bit with a new look, with the ponytail being gone and everything else.
1: Well, that's the only reason you cut the ponytail off, right? Is for him to have a new look and then have like an ambition to want to tear Joe's head off, right? So, yep. um, I guess that's where they went there. I, I'm all for it. I think that uh, I think Wardlow got stale, which is somehow booking's fault, not his fault. I feel that it could be the proper direction now for Wardlow, while saving Gracewind.
0: Um, quickly, I know that he's not your favorite guy by any stretch of the world at the moment. Which neither is he of Jason, so you guys would have that in common. Uh, what did you think of the acclaim uh, rap video? Do you think they went too? Do you think it was perfectly done? Do you think it was lame? Do you think that they may have gone a little too far in regards to uh, the Karen Jarrett Kurt Angle line, which apparently Karen Jarrett, you know, I don't know if she was doing storytelling and hopefully yeah, her coming uh, in but
1: uh yeah she got upset and then even Kurt Angle chimed in and said uh you know good way I'm paraphrasing but good way of dropping my name after 12 years or after years or something right and Kurt kind of chimed in too after the fact mm-hmm. um i think it's great i think that that's what you need right i think that you're going to if you're going to poke the bear poke the bear you know you know the way you want to I mean, as long as he wasn't breaking any policies or anything, I mean, why not? I hope we don't see Karen Jarrett on TV. I don't want to see her on TV whatsoever. Um, but no, I'm not against Max doing that. Why do you do? You, do you feel he went too far?
0: No, not at all. I mean, I think may and it may work for some, may not work for others. But I mean, I think if you're a person who is not a Jeff Jarrett fan and much, and I, I know I keep on putting him over, but much like uh, Jason Brooks he is annoyed as all hell that Jeff Jarrett in 2022 is on our t- is on his TV. And my point of view from day one is as long as this is not a pay-per-view match, it's a TV feud. I don't have a problem with it, but I think though that via the rap, I think I'm actually now interested. I'm, I'm slightly more now interested in the match. And if that was the point of the rap, and that's what the point of all of these promos and raps is to get you to actually want to watch a match. If that's what it got people to actually care about this feud a little bit. And I don't know if this match is going to happen, you know, I think it's like January 5th, I think is uh battle of the belts five. If that match is happening at battle of the belts. I think that for some people, maybe not you and Jason, but for some that might be what lights the fuse to actually make you care about a Jeff Jarrett, Jay lethal match in
1: 2022 slash
0: 2023 i can see that well thank you i mean you know i'm i know like i said that this is we're we're closing down here shortly but did that promo or the, the rap make you care about that match anymore then it does then you know what then it's a waste of time
1: no it did now for sure because it because yeah. it because it because it went beyond the the realm, you know, it went beyond the scope of what you thought it was going to go to. I, I I, didn't even think about the fact that Dragon, you know, Karen involved and Kurt. I mean, that's 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 clever.
0: So uh, just just so people know who aren't following uh, Karen Jarrett on Twitter, which I'm not. look um, the uh, the exact thing, Karen Jarrett went and said, hey, Tony Khan, your little boy, Platinum Max thought he was cute and went somewhere. He should have never, ever gone. You and him have no idea what you've got, what you've gone started. And then Kurt Angle went and said, "When you got to use my name to get heat after 12 years, smiley face, thumbs up, hashtag move on." I think, you know what? I, he's never going to come in. If Kurt Angle wound up, you know, coming showing up on uh, on AWTV next week. Yes, he's older than dirt at this point, and I don't know what he has left. Maybe he has one more match in him. But if you saw in 2023 Kurt Angle on your TV for five minutes, would that be the worst thing in the world? I mean,
1: no, that's not at all.
0: You know, like I said, I don't want to see Karen Jarrett as a main, a main factor in any angle. But I mean, I didn't. Like I said, I thought the match was horrific, and I felt awful watching it. But in the pre-show for the uh, the the um, the Ric Flair retirement show, she had a promo on like on the pre-show, and I thought she was effective. I mean, I don't want to see her as an every week character, but if she's on my TV once to go and fuel a little venom and make you want to watch this, watch a match, which once again, I know that he's a heat magnet, but I think a large portion of your audience does not want to see. Jeff Jarrett wrestle in 2022 slash 2023. The idea is to sell tickets and get, you know, get ratings. And I, I do think as long, like I said, I'm a broken record. As long as it's not leading to a pay-per-view match, I'm okay with, you know, seeing Karen Jad on my TV for two weeks.
1: I don't want to see Karen, but I don't mind the match, you know, between, you know, between them. And I think that, you know, poking the bear is good enough. Getting the reaction on Twitter is good enough. Maybe lights a fire, you know, for Jared Moore or something, you know, but I don't want to see Karen.
0: I, d- I don't disagree, but like I said, I'm trying to look at half half full. Uh, you know, come on. You wouldn't want to see Sexy Kurt performed on... eight. Uh, a- no, kidding. Uh, <laughs> but like I said, I think this was a very good episode of AEW due to uh, the fact that we've been talking forever in a day. We're not going to get, you know, super into everything that happened on the show, but I do think they're going in the right direction. I do think that there will be serious interest as we get closer to the January 11th show at the LA Forum. I think there's a lot of things they can do to make that show super interesting and I think that Top Flight look look like stars. I mean, you could say how many times can you beat somebody before they're not a star, but I do think Top Flight was made to look really good. And I think, you know, Ricky Starks versus Jericho next week could be a lot of fun, you know, and I, and we could say that, you know, it's, we always are just putting over the X WWE guys, but I think that we're seeing that they may not win every match, but the AW year one originals and the AW pillars or whatever you want to say, of you know, the Ricky Starks, the Ethan pages, they're all starting to to develop and become, you know, People that you could actually rely on, and with the, of course the jewel of the ball being uh, MJF, who you know we're going to see more and more every week, and you know basically goading. And yes, I said goading, uh, leading up to your big pay per view in March, which I'm guessing you'll have him versus da- uh, Brian Danielson.
1: Which is uh, ironic because I believe there was reports from where Brian Danielson saying he didn't care about championships anymore; he just wanted to wrestle. You know, while his contract. Was a you know full time contract, so I find I find this kind of uh, ironic, you know not to use that word again, but uh, that he had that little quote out there, maybe a month or two ago, and then now this whole thing is going on. But maybe that's maybe it turned because of the whole regal situation. So, funny how I think
0: it's it's good storytelling. I do think that, and I'll make this very very quick. I think it shows. That how, uh, uh, how big of a star Brian Danielson is that you can beat him multiple times for world title shots and it doesn't hurt him. And what it does is he's got that, he's got that Ray Mysterio. And I know that I use Ray Mysterio as a big thing. Every, every time I bring up someone, you know, quote unquote, getting, getting buried as people would say, who AKA they don't, they don't win as much as you, as the people who follow them want them to. Ray Mysterio lost all the time and he was still a super overstar and a lot of times him losing helped develop other people. And I think that's that's kind of what Brian Danielson's role is. He's there to put on great matches and make the younger people and if they're the champion at the time it makes them feel like a bigger deal. And I think that's what he may not want to be champion but by him being in a match with your young champion it makes your young champion seem more
1: believable. Hasn't Seth done that kind of too? I know it's not, I know it's WWE, but Seth has done the same Hey, we,
0: we spoke WWE already at the beginning of the show. <laughs> but we're AEW, Marks. Don't forget that. No. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but this has been a really entertaining, fun show. Harry, I'm always glad that uh, you joined me for these escapades. And when you decided to go and run on the treadmill for 65 minutes, and then you know, decide to walk home. You may actually have maybe only like another twenty minutes left of the podcast at that point to to uh, to listen to. But uh, Harry, this got lost from last week's episode. But I hope you had a great holiday for you and your family and all the people who listens to our show. But I I, I think we got a great week of wrestling coming up from Seattle and in the Tokyo Dome, which unfortunately we didn't have time to talk about. But you should definitely check out. New Japan World, and see Wrestle Kingdom uh, next Wednesday morning, but of course, everyone check out the Wrestling Purist Facebook group, the iHeart Wrestling Facebook group, begrudgingly, the Wrestling Life Facebook group. Uh, Only kidding. Check out Felipe uh, Melusio's work on the the Total Bases podcast. Feel free to check out Mile podcast with the human wheelbarrow, Jason Brooks, with the um what's the name of that podcast? I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue, but maybe it's not that important unless you know the name of the podcast. The I mean,
1: workshoot podcast, right?
0: Work shoot wrestling podcast. That's right. That was that always bugged me. Some people said work shoot podcast, other people said workshoot wrestling podcast, but whatever. That's that's for another day. And of course, T V podcast. Which I'm part of, which will be coming back in the new year when some of our favorite shows come back for new seasons, including Yellow Jackets, Single Drunk Female, I don't know, Bad Sister, to just name a few. Check out You Don't Know Jackie view and the regular You Don't Know Jackie uh, web pages for uh, for episodes, and of course, give us and them a five star review on Apple Podcasts and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts, on Spotify or anywhere else. But Harry, the last word as always is yours. And of course we know the last word is you love Corey, but Corey's the best.
1: Corey's the best. Keep Karen
0: Jared off TV.